I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations in the name of our Lord. I hope you're having a fabuloso day. Uh, if you hear some whining in the background, that's our poor besieged puppy. She's in her crate where she will be till I'm done. And because uh, we cannot trust her not to try to eat everything when she's unsupervised. So just ignore the world's cutest little miniature poodle for the time being. So... Today, what are we going to do? Well, today we're going to talk about one of the most epic stories at the beginning of Exodus, and it's where Moses meets God at the burning bush. It's, uh, it's a good story, and it has lots of stuff in there for us. And uh, so without any further ado, let's just jump into this thing and get started. Exodus chapter 3. There's one... And, wait a minute, there we are, <laughs> went right past it. Chapter 3, now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, just as a side note, Moses is now 80 years old. He has been in Midian 40 years after fleeing Egypt, after killing that Egyptian soldier. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. One of the big things throughout all of Exodus is the question of how we approach God. Uh, it's resolved when we get to the tabernacle when it's built, and that talks about approaching God. Uh, approaching God has everything to do with proper worship. And here he tells Moses, I want you to be aware of where you are. We're going to make this moment special. Take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, this could be, the word here is fear. Depending on context, it could be reverential awe. It could be fear, fear, terror. I imagine it's a little bit of both. The creator of the universe has revealed himself to Moses. 
And I think there would be, I think there would be some uh, fear involved because of who God is and who Moses is. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Perhaps we're thinking back to what sent him to Midian. God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it's I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what's his name? Then what shall I tell them? <laughs> See, a personal name was not merely a form of address, but a description of character and personality. Names have importance. Um, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Or another trans possible translation would be, or I will be what I will be. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. A couple of notes on this. The Hebrew is Yahweh, probably derived from the Hebrew word for to be, thus meaning he is or he will be. The corresponding first person is Ehyeh, I am. Note the parallels. I am has sent me and later on, the Lord, Yahweh, has sent me. The name Yahweh, consisting of the sequence of consonants Yod, He, Wa, and He, is known as a tetragrammaton. Now, here's some of the other names of God that, we'll, that you'll encounter in the Old Testament. He is the God who sees. El Roy, the Lord our healer, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom. Now, I want to talk a little bit about his response to Moses. Me thinking with my mouth open because that's kind of what I do here. Um, I am who I am or I will be what I will be. God is whatever we need him to be. He's telling Moses, I'll be whatever you need. Do you need protection? I'm going to be your protector. Do you need salvation? I will be your savior. Do you need guidance? I will be the one who guides. Are you the one who needs healing? I will be your healer. I am who I am. I'm everything you will ever need me to be. I will be what I will be. He's telling Moses, look, I'm not going to show you everything about me. I'm asking you to focus more on what I want you to do and where I want you to go. Some of the, um, it's personal observation here. Some of the re religions I've seen spend a lot of time trying to 
focus on describing or uh, the God that they're following. They, they put a lot of effort and time into who is he? What is he like? Um, what can he do? And they spend a lot of time there. And God is telling Moses, he gives them, actually it gives them a pretty ambiguous response. Who, who will I say sent me? And God says, I am. I am that I am. I will be what I will be. Moses, I'm asking for some faith from you. Know that I will be what you need me to be at the moment you need me to be. I want you to go down into Egypt and bring our people out. Who sent me? I am. Can I have more detail, God? That's all the detail you need to know. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I need you to go to Egypt. Mm. There's a lot of power in that statement. Who, I, who do I say sent me? I am who I am. I will be who I will be. That's what you say. And God will reveal himself in whatever way is necessary to do whatever is necessary to be done. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation, Yahweh. Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and I've seen what's been done to you in Egypt and I promise to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. Now remember, when Joseph first brought his brothers into Egypt, the Pharaoh was favorably disposed towards them. The Throughout the, the length and breadth of the famine, the people, the citizens of Egypt, ended up selling all their land and all pretty much all their cattle, uh, everything, to Pharaoh in order to have enough food to eat to survive this famine. So a lot of people were without ownership of land, and yet it just says at the same time that the Israelites bought land and were prosperous and were growing. Well, within a couple generations, a lot of resentment piled up. A king came along who did not recognize who, uh, Joseph or the, the value of his family, and 
That's where the persecution and the slavery started. Everything taken away from them. So they came in, prospered, had it all taken away. Now God is saying, when you leave, I'm going to make sure that Egypt gives back to you. You're not leaving empty-handed. And so that's, I find that fascinating. God has a way of taking care of his children above and beyond. It's not just enough that they're going to be, that he's taking them out of slavery. Egypt is going to give them their riches on their way out. And they'll be glad to do so. And you'll see why in a little while in the next few chapters. The big thing I take out of this whole, uh, this whole passage, the, this focus is on the name of God. Who shall I say sent me? Tell them I am sent you. Or I will be what I will be. It's as if, again, I'm repeating this, but this is really important to me. And I want to make sure I remember it. So this is why I repeat it. God is saying, I will be whatever you need me to be. Deliverer. Provider. Healer. Protector. I am who I am. I will be what I will be. But Moses, it's more important for you that you focus on what I want you to do and believe me when I say, I will be who you need me to be. And I look back at times in my life uh, when I needed God in some very specific ways. When my daughter was a very young infant, um, she became very ill, very ill. We took her to the emergency room, the clinic there, uh, the base in Treasure Island in uh, San Francisco, California. I was in the Navy at the time. And we were in the waiting room, and she just was so sick. She could hardly breathe. She was running a really super high fever. She was um, restless. And I had just read that that day that passage of Scripture where Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And inspired by that, I placed my hand on the forehead of my daughter and rebuked the illness like Jesus did with Peter's mother-in-law. I didn't make it wasn't a big big a big thing in the lobby. I just I'm a father praying over his daughter. I put my hand on her forehead and I rebuked the disease in the name of Jesus. And my daughter took this big deep breath and then sighed and then fell into a deep comfortable sleep. And when we finally got around to seeing the clinician, he told us she was going to be fine. And I don't think he had any idea how sick she was when we walked in. But I'm going to tell you something. I needed God to be the healer in my family at that moment. And he was. God says he's going to be whatever he will be. God, I need a healer. When that tornado drops out of the back of Hurricane Hugo and is bearing down in my house, God, I need protection. I need you to be God, my protector. God, I need you to be the God who delivers me from this tornado, and he was. He was my deliverer. He was my protector. God will be whatever he needs to be whenever you need him to be that. 
He is sovereign. He is the I am. He's the God who sees us and knows us. Who shall I say sent me? Tell them I am. Tell them I will be what I will be. I am what I am. What are you, God? Whatever you need me to be. Go to Egypt. What an incredible moment this confrontation between God and Moses must have been. Wow. Well, that's a short one for today, but I've got a long day ahead of me and I've got to run. So I'm going to close it off there tomorrow, Exodus chapter 4. Let's see what happens when uh, Moses goes down to Egypt for the first time in 40 years. This is Paige. Here's my coffee. And I am out of here. Bye-bye. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither should my thoughts be your thoughts. You need to think for yourself.